0: and hear from best-selling authors' insight into
1: how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with us here today. I appreciate you. I know what it takes to get up every day and be committed to living the best version of your life. And I commend you for taking on the responsibility of yourself, the responsibility of growth, learning, and development. Today, we wanna to talk about you. <laughs> Not in that we wanna you know gossip about you, but we want to really dig down into one of the things that is going to be always one of the biggest issues in your life, and that's your health. Um, We've had lots of really exciting people here on the show talking about health, and today is no exception. Today is a great opportunity for you to really think about what does it mean to be healthy? Um, You know, I've talked about before on the show, I um, grew up in a household where money was, you know, wasn't, it wasn't there, is really the best way of saying that. Money was tight. We had a lot of of uh you know days where i still don't honestly know how my mom put food on the table there are some dishes that she would make that um you know honestly looking back on them i think of them as a meal and yet the truth probably is is that there's probably not a dietitian that you would run into anywhere in the world that would tell you that um you know, that was something that you should have for a dinner. I think of, uh, you know, all the canned goods that we used to have, you know. And I'm talking about, you know, you can them yourself. Um, you know, canning green beans. My mom would freeze corn. Um, you know, and it's interesting now, you know, because my mom actually lives with her little sister. Um, I, I say her little sister like she's super young, um, you know, but... Um, you know, they will still do some freezing of corn. And it's interesting because my aunt, she, uh, you know, her husband is a retired dairy farmer. She grew up on a dairy farm. So things like cream and butter, um, you know, were in abundance. Um, They could make their own. They could get back, um, you know, certain products whenever they sold the milk each time. They... um, You know, they were dairy people, so they had a lot of dairy around. Um, It's interesting because my aunt, when she does the freezing of the corn, she uses like um, cream, I think half and half and like a whole pound of butter or something in each batch that she makes. Whereas my mom uses, I think she uses actually whole milk. But she uses homogenized milk and probably a quarter of a pound of butter um, in the in the corn. Yes, I know. Those of you that are um, nutritionists, you're like, well, you know, let's talk about how unhealthy that is. <laughs> um, you know, but all of those kind of things. Even more so my grandmother. I remember going down into her cellar and, um, you know, there would be pickles and green beans and all kinds of other vegetables I mean honestly with as little money as my grandparents ever made um, if they hadn't had a big garden and tended it very well and put all of it up they I'm sure would have had many winters where they went without food um, you know so a perfect example is my mom would open up a jar of uh, you know home uh, home done canned green beans and um, and there's a whole other story I could talk to you about, green beans, but we will not go down that rabbit trail. Um, and she would uh, cook it, warm it, um, and then would make... And now, those of you who, when you think of cornbread, you usually probably think of, like, the Jiffy cornbread mix. I, even now, I would. You know, if somebody said, hey, let's have cornbread, I would go and buy one of those. My mom would actually make the cornbread from scratch, from cornmeal, um, and so it would be for that meal. Um, she would put often, you know, like maybe a little bit of onion in with the, uh, in with the green beans. And it wouldn't be green beans over cornbread. Um, and that was a dinner. And, um, you know, honestly, until I was grown, uh, I didn't know that that wouldn't have been a pretty normal dinner for people. Um, I had never seen green beans where people put, like, ham or bacon in them. Uh, And, um, you know, and so it's those kind of things. We had uh, potato soup, which would have a little bit of ham in it, never bacon. Um, And, uh, you know, and then would be potatoes most of the time, again, that had been dug out of a garden. Or, you know, one of the churches that we were at, um, you know, there was... Uh, that was the one great thing about it. They didn't make a lot of money, but the people uh, overloaded them with food, you know, with food substances, like especially potatoes. Um, and so, you know, that would make the basis for a potato soup, which, um, you know, again, uh, growing up, I just thought that what you did, you know, is you took the water that you had boiled the potatoes in um, and then you added the meat um, and a little bit of onion, and then you topped it off so that the water turned uh, milk-ish, um, probably less than the equivalent of 1% milk if you're using whole milk, um, and, and, and who knows what we were using at the time when I was a kid. Um, you know, and, and that was the liquid part of a potato soup. You know, none of the potato flakes or the other thickeners or those kind of things Again, like I said, definitely not bacon. Um, You know, and and it's just things like that. And I'm not saying that in any way to complain. I have said many times over, my mom did an amazing job of feeding us, um, miraculously putting food on the table, when honestly, between the budgets she had for groceries and the food that we had available, I don't know how she did it. Um, But when we talk about health we often don't talk about um those kind of things in fact a lot of times what we're struggling with is uh you know should i have the big mac or should i just have a cheeseburger right you know um how many slices of pizza can i have and still stay inside of my diet Uh, many of you know um you know i am on and for those of you that are long-term listeners of the show you know that this is not the first time but I'm very excited about the success I'm having with the weight loss journey that I'm on. Um, And, uh, you know, it's really cool to really discover some new ways of eating um, and uh, exercising every day and those kind of things and doing it, um, you know, intentionally. As opposed to something that you're supposed to do or have to do. Something that I really do for me on purpose. And of course it makes a huge difference. Um, You know, and as I go on this journey, I also am learning a lot of things about, uh, you know, the food messages that I've had in my whole life. And, you know, so you go from a very poverty place. And I'm not talking about mindset because... Honestly, as a kid growing up, I didn't know we were poor. You know, um, we lived in a upper-middle-class house in an upper-middle-class neighborhood always, um, you know, and we had a nice house, nice property. Uh, my mom always took really good care of the place, um, you know, and in spite of the fact that we were wearing hand-me-downs or second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever hand clothes um, that my mom would uh you know keep very well mended and cleaned um, you know I didn't really know how other people lived. I just figured that's the way it was, right um, and then as an adult, I discovered things like pizza <laughs> so I'll give you a perfect example. My mom would take um, one of those boxes if you've ever bought the chef by d um, you know pizza box mix. You know, it has the little can of sauce and the little stuff you make the, the, uh, you know, the dough out of and, um, a little packet of cheese. Um, so, uh, you know, she would take that and it was made to be one pizza. She would stretch it to two. Um, you have to keep in mind that I'm the youngest of three boys. Um, so most of my memories, both of my brothers were, In those teen years, and any of you that have had teen boys know what it's like to, uh, you know, to try to feed teen boys. And so my mom would actually um, take that one dough and stretch it into two. Um, She would cook up some ground beef because one of the things, again, having uh, farmers that were all of her family, um, you know, is we would buy from one of them uh, beef in wholesale. And, uh, you know, usually have like a quarter of beef, most of which was ground beef um, and stew meat and those kind of things. Um, you know, and she would cook up some ground beef to go along with the stretched dough. And she would take the sauce that, again, was meant for the one pizza and stretch it over the two, um, you know. And um, it was those kind of things. And then I became an adult and I discovered, uh, you know, Little Caesar's. Back in the day, you remember when Little Caesars Pizza Pizza was because you got two pizzas, um, you know, and Domino's. and I and then I worked for Domino's for a while as a delivery driver, and you know all of those kind of things, and of course those things turned into very unhealthy eating habits. I'm hoping I'm being too genuine here with you or boring you too much, I'm just kind of kind of talking about the concept as I'm discovering health, and what I had to learn was is that um, from that. You know that how you take a rubber band and you stretch it out and then you let it go and it snaps back from that snap effect of, um, you know, being so poor and having limited choices in food. When there became more and more and more and more choices for food, I really didn't know what to do with it. And so now I'm in a stage where I have to really think about and learn what is a good portion, what is... Uh, What is healthy for you? And that's what we want to talk about today is when it comes to our health. And our health involves more than food. You know, food and exercise and diet is a a big piece of the journey that I'm on right now. But, you know, there's several other pieces to that, not the least of which is your stress level, which is one of the other things we're going to talk about today. You know, um, we have to really holistically, meaning all of us, look at, especially our nutrition, and we need to really be mindful of it because it's not something you can just ignore and hope it'll go away. I had a good friend of mine say one time, you know, the problem with um, being addicted to food, two hands up and stand up, I'm definitely addicted to food. The problem with being addicted to food versus any other addiction is, you know, if you were an alcoholic, um, you know, you know, you just have to put the cap on the bottle and never drink again. You know that, um, you know, that's one of the very first things I'll teach you in AA. But as a foodaholic, you can't just put the cap on top of food and never eat again, never have any kind of food ever again. Um, you know, you can do that. I think statistically it's on average about three weeks you can go without food before there won't be a you, um, and although that's a really great weight loss program, it's not really good for a life program. And so, um, you know, we really need to learn how to be able to um, essentially take the lid off the bottle and um, dive into our addiction, but not dive into it. Dive is a really bad word to open up the Pandora's box of our addiction and not dive into it. There you go, how's that for a uh, for a metaphor for you? Um, you know, I really wanna encourage you today, wherever you are on your health journey, we all wanna live the healthiest, best versions of ourself because that then allows us to show up the best in the world. So today we really are going to be mindful of all of the parts of our health and how we can live healthy. I've got an amazing best-selling author, international best-selling author, that's written a book on this, that's going to talk to us today and really help us work through some things about health and nutrition they are going to help us all really thrive. Because as we are minding our health, as we're mindful, holistically aware of who we are and what we're doing, and we get that under control, and we do a great job with that, then we truly can live as thriving entrepreneurs. Don't go away, we'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author, and now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because... It serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.
0: Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about minding your health. I really hope that at whatever stage you're at in life, whether you have issues with food or you're really living a healthy life, that you will tune in and really hear some tricks and tips on how you can live a better, more healthy life. It's good for all of us to be mindful of the things that are good for us. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed sharing some of the personal stories about the things that I have learned and not learned about nutrition over the course of my life. Um, But now I want to turn it over to a best-selling, international best-selling author who's literally written the book um, to be able to help us really learn today how to thrive in our lives when it comes to our health how to really truly live healthy and be the best version of yourself. So let's dive right into this and let's all live as thriving entrepreneurs in a very mindfully healthy way. Your health is one of the most important and honestly imperative things that you have to take care of. Often we take it for granted and then something comes up and often when that thing comes up, it's too late. So what we want to do today is we want to mind our health. Because if you don't mind your health, then actually you're minding your death. To help us with this is international best-selling author of the book, Mind Your Health or Mind Your Death, Choose Your Path, Moira Lavelle. Hi, Moira. How are you doing today?
2: Hi, Steve. And hi, everyone that's listening. I am so grateful and happy to be here. I'm doing great.
1: Great. So first of all, um, tell us your story. You know, I mean, you dealt with some doctors and came to a real point of frustration. Um, I know that story real well, but just share with the listeners um, the story of your health journey.
2: Um, My story is actually, I feel, is the story of so many people that I have been in contact with, during the past few years that I've been working, mental health. But also I think the connection, mental health and physical health, it's so valuable. Uh, It's been over 15, 10 to 12 years ago where personally, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, hyperthyroid and Conjunction, Graves' disease. And Graves' disease, actually, when you have it as a result of a lot of stress, I remember those days where I was under a lot of stress, frustration, I get so many things I was doing at the same time. I didn't realize my illness was taking over my life then it's end up until I end up with the diagnosis where I could not believe it. I was in disbelief. I thought I was dreaming. I become so helpless. I started from the day I was diagnosed trying to find answers. But I was digging in the conventional way. Where can I have or find the best doctor to give me an answer to this problem to this diagnosis to heal me because I do believe we can heal but until I started meeting with my doctor my specialist on a regular basis I realized I will not find an answer because what I was giving to this doctor this power to give me an answer I hold that power. And that made me become more aware of, wow, you really had to do something about it. So thinking a little bit back, I was, um, I live on an island and after the diagnosis, I needed to see a specialist to work with me to understand what's going on and what tests need to be done because as a result of the grave disease, I had huge, bulky eyes, and I have—I had a lot of uh, symptoms, side effects of uh, not being able to function at an optimal level. I started to go to the doctor weekly and check in, and then the doctor sent me every six months. Every, every six weeks, actually, I had to do testing, following up, and checking in to know how to treat the uh, uh, grave disease. After a while of leaving Nantucket because it's actually very overwhelming to live here because you have to make sure if you have an appointment for an eight o'clock, 10 o'clock in Boston, you have to travel the day before. So I had to travel with my family because at this time I had a young child. I have to travel with my family, my husband, and take all three of us to go to Boston and get information about how am I doing because we don't have those specialists on Nantucket about you know, endocrinologists, all of those doctors. You can take specialists. We need to travel abroad, off-island, uh, we call it abroad because usually when we live on Nantucket, we don't even feel we live in America. We still we live in a country by ourselves because it's so overwhelming. The planning you have to do to do anything. After a while, over a year, I travel consistently every two weeks, every six weeks, or sometimes every four weeks, three weeks. All depend on the a symptom that was more overwhelming or not. So I used to do that. When it came to a Jesus moment for me, it's when I spoke to the doctor one day because I was exhausted of traveling and going with my family, taking days off, losing incomes, and then saying, you know, one day I need to know what's going to happen. And when I look at the doctor and I said, you know, I just want to, ask what's going on with me i'm taking the medication but i feel sicker and sicker can you tell me what what's going on but i have to say to you previously the doctor told me there's only two ways for you to heal either your bulky eyes or your hyperthyroid you either have surgery with your eyes to do corrective surgery for your eyes or you take the medication for the rest of your life because otherwise what could happen if you end up developing um, cancer of your thyroid, then it will be more dangerous. So I also, and he also with that injected some fears that I either take my medication consistently and also make sure I will do an eye surgery to correct my vision because I was not able to see clear. I was not able to really, you know, aesthetically it's very overwhelming when you have these bulky eyes around and walking around, you become very self-conscious. So at some point I had to question a lot of things. And from that questioning to the doctor, our interview went a little bit uh, dynamic and the doctor was not pleased that I was asking him many questions. And he get very, very mad. And uh, as part of the book, and if you read uh, Mind Your Health or Mind Your Death, you can get a little bit further answers where he was very frustrated to tell me that this is, you don't want this, you don't want that, then what do you want? So that was my my journey that takes me to a place to just start taking care of myself, to mind my health, because unconsciously I was minding my death, which I didn't know, actually, of course, until now.
1: So you have lots of great strategies in the book for minding your health. Um, Just pick one of them. What is something that we don't do that we should be doing to be mindful of and take good care of ourselves?
2: I think one of the simplistic thing that I recommend, it's the conscious living. We live in an environment where we get sucked in by our inability to just do things for our own health. We think, it's not possible. And one of the simple way, it's just good and balanced diet. we just taking care of your diet. What are you eating? Are you eating what you're eating to feed your body, to feed your soul, to feed your mind in a conscious level? And also understand if I'm not doing this, am I killing myself? Is there, any, is there any way I can do differently? So I'm not powerless. I can do things, I can help myself because food is your medicine. 90% of what you eat going to determine your wellness, your vitality, your vibrancy. So if I will go anywhere to start with someone, and also a functional medicine practitioner, I start assessing your living condition. How are you living consciously? And what you're doing as a result, eating become a relationship between the plate, what you're putting in your mouth, how you chew and how it's feeding your body. As a simple thing, just chewing my food 10, 15 times more, it's already giving me some better results. So eating, eat the first step for me, connecting with yourself on doing the right thing.
1: We all live such busy lifestyles. And I love that there's some really practical kind of things that you talk about where, you know, a person doesn't have to just start going out and eating grass or something like that. Um, share some of the things like you talk about going out to a McDonald's and getting, you know, just getting started with eating a little bit smarter.
2: Um, I experience when I travel, uh, Steve, it's very difficult to eat my regular uh green grass that I usually feed myself and keep that vibrancy in the food that I eat. So what I start to do is connecting with what do this menu offers me that I can make some conscious choices, simply as like, if I like hamburger, I might choose instead of the Big Mac, just one, one burger, and I might choose lettuce wrap around it, and I might add, you know, some fat, some some kind of flavor, so I don't have to sacrifice myself hundred percent so I can eat. So I starve myself. It's not even hell a, a, a better choice either because once I start so hungry. And then I kill myself as well by not eating something to feed my body because our physical body needs that joyful taste. So we don't have to eat all those, you know, green grass to make sure we are eating something healthy. We can connect with what we're eating simplistically by, you know, having a hamburger, having something instead of one bun, two, two buns, having one. Instead of, you know, having a, you know, having wrapping tortilla or cheese, maybe decrease the amount of cheese, maybe remove some of the uh, sweet and sour sauce that I put. So I'm decreasing the amount of unnecessary nutrient that my body has to deal with and then connecting in a more conscious level, as I said before, what I'm eating, it's going to feed me on a more, like a little bit, I feel good with what I eat, but also I'm not really sacrificing every single possibility to enjoy a burger. But also when I'm eating this burger, I'm enjoying it. I'm just taking my time and I'm chewing it. I'm eating that lettuce. I'm eating one bone, but I'm making a good choice because when, once I'm starting to, I start to eat, and then I'm eating with the guilt. Oh my God, I'm eating a burger. I don't have anything. Then your thought become things. It can harm you 10 times more than if you just eat the whole burger with your two buns and with all your sauce because your thought also are, ch- is, are changing your biochemistry. And the reception of this food, it's either becoming negative or positive.
1: And I think it's important to note right here that you went from a size 16 to a size eight, and you've been able to keep it that way for the last 10 or more years.
2: Yes, Steve, and many people um, think is a miracle. As in my journey to lose weight. I started by giving myself to start with a one full year to lose 20 pounds. And I chose what is realistic for me. I didn't go overboard. And I said, if I lose 30 pounds, 40 pounds in a year, and that will be for me very, very good. So I didn't go thinking that I'm going to shed 70, 80 pounds in a year, when I, I don't have really the strategies in place, I started on my own with my own journey with just by f- starting to fit myself very well. And then every single day, I add something more. I started maybe to start walking. When I, when in the past, if you say, Moira, go run, Moira probably will punch you on the face because what you're talking about? Because I'm not a runner. I don't like to be doing all this sweaty stuff. But when I understand, I don't have to start running. I just can start with 15, 30 minutes minute walk a day. So I started very slow and I progress because you build one upon the other. Your success is not coming by just you see it right now it's built upon your layers you put layers on top of each other and then as you're becoming more successful then you become more satisfied you're willing to take more drastic radical steps to just stay in that zone because it feels so good i knew From the day that I started losing weight, I will never put them back again because my path was slow to understand my body, to understand what it takes to just lose two pounds a week. I was happy just by knowing I didn't lose too much this week, but I I felt very good on my skin. I felt my skin was clearing up. I felt my uh my face was getting really with less pimple so i started to just connect with celebrating every little success that i was accomplishing not only looking at the weight machine and saying oh my god i didn't lose any pound this week i was looking at the whole mind body and soul and then this one kept me going and growing in the right direction and as a result I start glowing and I look at my pictures of 10, 15 years ago. I'm like a brand new person because I can't even recognize the way I used to look like and the way I am right now. So it was a long journey. And I didn't put too much demand on myself to just lose 70, 80 pounds within three, four weeks. I knew it wasn't realistic because I have tried so many different pills, uh, you know, the teas to just give you some kind of way to lose weight. But it didn't work for me. And I tried several types of diet. It didn't work for me. And so I start connecting with myself, with my body, with my spirit, and taking the step necessary, I start seeing the result. And that's what I feel grateful for every moment, every step that I have taken.
1: I really love the concept of that. And I really want you to stop for a second. Think and ask yourself, what are the things that I can do today to help me be grateful with every step that I take, everything that I do? How can I live in gratitude, in health, in wellness, and show up strong and powerful in the world that I live in? I hope that you will really think about that through this commercial break, and we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this what would being a best selling author do for your business? Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.
0: Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur.
1: This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. We are talking today with Moira Lavelle, international best-selling author. Her book, Mind Your Health or Mind Your Death. I really do encourage you to take some time, listen into what Moira is talking about, and think through your life. Maybe, like I've talked about in the first segment, maybe food is your issue. Maybe it's exercise. Maybe it's just in general taking care of yourself whatever that might happen to be in your life, I encourage you to really mind your health, to live healthy so that you can do and be all the things that you're meant to be in this world. Let's jump back into it with Moira. So we all make excuses. Um, I think we're really all good at it. What is the one thing that you hear all the time uh, that people tell you is the reason why they can't mind their health?
2: Uh, There is a common thread on many people think they are so busy. They don't have time. They don't have time to exercise. They don't have time to eat well. They're running. Uh, I have my children. When I wake up in the morning, I have so much to do. I can't do that. I have... um, uh, my parents to taking care of. I cannot do that because I have to make sure I drop my children. We are very busy, and there's so much things to do. So the least we put attention to is to ourselves. We don't have time for ourselves. We live so disconnected of our own needs, and everybody else is our priority, but ourselves. But we. We don't have time for us until something like knock at your door, like it happened to me, as did I, I didn't really know I was ever going to be diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. So I didn't have time, Steve. I was very busy. I was working consistently to a job. I was consistently focusing on what is the next step, but the next step was never about me. It was about something else. It was about somebody else. Then I became completely too busy in my mind doing things for other people and not connected with, my, with myself. So I think the major thing for many people that I have heard or worked with as a therapist, as a holistic practitioner, what I heard the most is time. I don't have the time. I have good intention, but I don't have time. As a result, I don't do anything. I'm stuck. So what is one tip then
1: that a person could do to just set aside a realistic amount of time, like, you know, five minutes a day, to be able to start taking good care, focusing on themselves?
2: I think... um, It takes a little bit of discipline for human being. As I started my own journey, I started with my same three jobs. I started to understand where do you fit within your own schedule? And I look every single time wasters, opportunities, from the past, and I started to use it constructively like i use wake I used to wake up in the morning, I do my breakfast or I do some quick meal, but also I go to bed, I spend hours on the phone, talking to my friends, I used to also Waking up in the morning, and dragging to the bed because I don't have any energy. I think what I started that was very, very helpful, by started to look in the morning. Where do you fit in your morning? 10 minutes. Just do five-minute breathing. Just the breathing strategies will get you to increase it in a long term, within a month to 15, 20 minutes, because I started with two minutes. I never thought I could do meditation, which now I could do 30 minutes, but I started with a one minute meditation a day, two minutes. I increase it three. I increase it from there. So as I started with those small steps and I started to eat healthier, instead of having eggs, fries, and, you know, having my toast, I started to see what are my healthy fats? What are the things that my body needs? I need to maximize in my body to just stay healthy. What are the things that I need to remove, such as, you know, stress? Number one killer for you to just keep on putting on weight. Um, How I do going to bed a little bit earlier. Sleep soundly, the removing distraction around me. Um, my telephone used to be a big distractor. So what I used to, what I started to do is keeping my phone outside of my area where I can reach out to it and just start talking to someone. Or always, I think I have to return somebody else's call. So I thought, started to do that. That decreased a lot of amount of hours. And then I start in the morning. I said, you know, I don't like to run. I'm going to start increasingly walking 15, 30 minutes every day. So instead of waking up at 7.30, 8 o'clock that I used to do, or 6 o'clock, I put it half an hour earlier. But as a result, also I go to bed half an hour earlier. So that gives me 15 minutes to just exercise. I do something, Steve, that's very powerful. I will not leave my house without having a lunch box with me. In the night, overnight, I prepare my lunch. I prepare my breakfast just in case. So I use a lot of, you know, some fruit, some vegetables, some fats. So combine that, I uh, I felt a little bit way different. I'm less hungry than I used to eat a lot of carb in the morning. I decreased the amount of carb, and I replaced that by healthier fat. Uh, just dense uh nutrient dense food that gave me some more vitality you know i started in, like nuts i start snacking you know in walnuts i start snacking in parted food and snacks that's how healthier and i didn't have to do a 360 turn to just make permanent change that I could not sustain when I fake it in my brain. But I said, I'm going to do small step at a time. And that helped me tremendously.
1: That's awesome. The book is called Mind Your Health or Mind Your Death, Choose Your Path. A Journey from Autoimmune Disease to Vibrant Health Without Drugs by international bestselling author Moira M. Lavelle. Moira, if people want to work... uh, further with you how could they come and how could they contact you
2: um i actually have an easy website um it's uh moira holistic wellness and also anyone that wants to contact me i have tlc at moira.com it's t for tom l larry c for cat tlc at moira.com. You can email me. I work uh, with people with different languages. I speak at least therapy and also uh, working with people, uh, functional medicine, where I treat a lot of their um, diseases, but in a functional way from the root cause. You can contact me through phone. Uh, My phone, my business phone, it's 774 325-1172 and most of the people that struggle with any kind of chronic disease and I have to say to any of them those diseases are not a permanent diagnosis unless if you say so. Most of chronic diseases are not only reversible But they are preventable by your approach, by doing some good, managing your stress, some exercise, some nutrition, and a a, a good, healthy lifestyle that make the most changes in my life. And I work with um, most of people that I approach with that integrative approach, my body and soul, and connect them with the true self to get the result they deserve and they need.
1: Moira, thanks so much for all that you shared and thanks for being here on the show with us today.
2: Thank you so much and thank you for all your listeners for giving me this opportunity to share that moment with them. I truly, truly appreciate it, Steve. Thank you once again to all of you.
1: I don't know about you, but I know that I got a lot out of what Moira was saying. I know how important my own health is And the things that I'm doing in my own life and I hope that through the course of her sharing her journey and some great insights into ways that you can really truly live healthy that you will allow food to be something that nourishes you that you will allow exercise to be something that allows your body to move and be in this world in the way that it should be and that you will allow yourself to remove the stressors and the things that create so much chaos inside of us and can often lead to the worst of things. I really hope that for all of you. And I'm so grateful to Moira today for taking the time to share from her international best-selling book, Mind Your Health or Mind Your Death. We're going to take our last commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Youthrive.com, check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today
0: welcome back to thriving entrepreneur
1: this is steve welcome back thanks for listening to the thriving entrepreneur today i really hope that you feel up leveled in the area of your health to really live and show and show up in this world as a healthy, vibrant, powerful individual. I really wanna see you be able to, to really take hold of that and be able to really be the person that only you can be in this world. I really encourage you to do that. You know, you're important. I think a lot of times I think we underestimate ourselves, our importance to the world we look at things and we say to ourselves um you know it just isn't that big of a deal right have you ever said that have you ever felt less than often circumstances dictate how we act rather than we dictating how we act that's maybe not exact proper grammar but i think you know what i mean We allow the stresses of the outside world. We allow the busyness of our lifestyle. We allow all of these things, even sometimes the doctors that mean so well, to put us in a place where we're not living healthy, where we're not minding how important our health is. And you need to understand, just like your message isn't about you, Your life isn't about you or for you either. We are here because there is a purpose that each of us has. I want you to feel that deep inside. I want you to know that you have a purpose. You are so worthwhile. You are such an important individual who is put on this planet specifically to fulfill a specific thing. Often it's so easy to get derailed from our purpose, to do things, and I'm not even talking about those people that get derailed and become, you know, evil in the world, but just simply people, the times when we are too busy, when we don't take care of ourselves, when we don't do what we know to be right. I know I've fallen in that trap many times and I'm sure you have too. I want you to understand that you are so special. I say it every week, but I want you to really listen today. You are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world needs you. Please know That there is a purpose for you. You're not an accident. Often we feel like it. We feel like a mistake of nature. We feel like the times or the things we are meant to do are behind us. But I want you to know that there is a need for you at whatever age you're at, young or old. At whatever physical ability you have good or poor rich or poor there is a necessity in this world for you to be the best version of yourself to share that with the world we can only do that when we're in the best health we can be now we've made choices and it would be easy to add another choice onto that and beat ourselves up for where we currently happen to be today, I want to release you from that. I want you to feel free in this moment to realize that all of the choices you've made in your past, good and bad, that they do not dictate your future. Just like Moira was talking about how the doctor was telling her that it was either gonna be a surgery or a lifetime of medication. And she found another way. And now there is a greater and bigger purpose than just the fact that she's well. You see, there's a greater and bigger purpose for what you're doing, for who you are and where you're at right now. And because of that, In the midst of all that has been, your purpose wants to shine. It wants to come out, even more so than just come out and play. It wants to come out and be the light in the world that you are. You see, there's so much that you have to give. There is so much that only you can do. They're amazing and great people in the world. And I don't want to diminish the powerful impact that so many have had with them doing what they're meant to do in the world. But now it's your turn. Now is the time that you do need to speak. You need to write that book. You need to show up, not just be present, but be powerfully present be alive, available, viable, and vibrant in the world. Because there is somebody right now that's sitting in front of their computer, tears streaming down their face, or even possibly happy joyousness in their hearts. But what they're searching for is that thing that you do You do it with grace. You do it with ease. You've probably discounted it because it's so easy for you. You just assume everybody else can do it. But somebody needs that. They need it from you. They needed it yesterday. They need it still today. They needed it a year ago, 10 years ago. But now's the time that you're going to take up that challenge. You're going to no longer give into and live in that place where enough is good enough and you're gonna show up. I believe in you. I see that for you and I want it for you so badly so that all that you are, all that you were meant to be and all the things that you have to share come exploding out into the world. That your book, which will be a bestseller, will more than anything reach that person that needs what you have to share. I encourage you to join us in Bestsellers Guild. You can just go to bestsellersguild.com. Come and join us. Put your words out there in the world. Make the commitment here and today that you're going to mind your health, that you're going to live healthy, and that you're going to share all of who you are with the world. I appreciate you. Thank you in advance for you sharing yourself with the world. Please know that Kathy and I are here to help you so that you can live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. You are so incredible and you are going to share power with the world that comes from within you. Until next time, have a great week.
0: Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time.
1: You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com. Check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.